The Lord is good. Amen. You know, as we say goodbye to 2019 and we welcome in 2020, our theme this year is 2020 vision. It's having a vision looking forward to what the Lord is going to do, that it would be clear. And so I want to begin tonight by first asking you a question. It's going to stun you. Why are you here? Why are you here? Why are you here? It's a church night. We're having a church service. Why are you here? That should be the question that follows you throughout the year. Why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you investing your time, your talent, and your treasure in whatever it is? Why are you where you are? Why are you here tonight? We serve the God of heaven and earth. That's why we're here, amen? And I ask you this, why are you still on earth? Now think about it for a moment. Jesus in John chapter 14 said this, beginning in verse 1, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. And I go to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Amen? Why are you still here? Think about it for a second. It must be real important why you are still here. God must have huge plans for your life because Jesus has already told us what he's up to. Amen? He's gone to prepare a place for you that where he is, you might be also. And he said he's coming again to get you and take you there. So you're here for a reason. Because he's gone there to take you there. And so again, why are you here? Why are you here tonight? Why has not the Lord of glory taken us to heaven yet? All together, one at a time? You see, I think God has a purpose for us. I I believe God has plans for his church, for his people. He has created you for good works so that you might walk in them. The Apostle Paul speaking those words as he writes to the church at Ephesus. And I want to share with you before we pray. There's a story found in 2 Chronicles chapter 16. And it's fairly lengthy and I want to abbreviate it for the sake of time. King Asa raised up an army against the Israelites The captains of those armies, the cities of Israel are laid siege. And there in Naphtali, which is the northeastern region of modern-day Israel, they attack the fortified city of Dan. And there in the fortified city of Dan, giant walls had been there ruled by the Canaanites for hundreds of years. The Jewish people had enlarged them. This was not a city that could be taken easily. And at that time, verse 7 says, Hanani, the seer, came to Asa, the king of Judah, and said to him, Because you have relied on the king of Syria and have not relied upon the Lord your God, Therefore, an army of the king of Syria has escaped from your hand. Were the Ethiopians and the Lubim not a huge army 
with very many chariots and horsemen. This was a previous battle. And that previous battle, the Israelites had won decidedly. Yet because you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. And here's what I want you to hear. Listen well. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. There is no problem with the strength of the Lord. The only issue for us, church, will be will we rely on him? Will we trust him? Would you pray with me? Father, we have come tonight and we're announcing to you why we've come tonight. We've come to rely on you, to lean on you, to cast ourselves at your feet, to ask of you to inquire in your temple, to seek the face of the Holy One, to ask that you might be gracious unto us, O Lord. Father, we lay ourselves at your feet and we ask that you be kind and gentle. Speak into our hearts, Lord, your vision for this coming year. Help us to hear from heaven. Put aside every distraction, Lord. We ask that you would bind in the name of Jesus the enemy from this place, that no one's thoughts would be interrupted, that, Lord, you would purpose to will and to do your good pleasure in our lives for this new year, beginning right now, Lord. We surrender to you. Our heart wants to be loyal to you. Give us vision for 2020. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. I want to give you several things that you can take with you over these next few days and ponder. And I would ask that you just simply think about them, write them down. Ask yourself simple questions. Sometimes we live in a world that's so complex, we forget to be simple. Amen? We forget to get back to the basic things that God wants in our life. The first thing I want to share with you tonight comes from Romans chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. God is looking for opportunities to bless you. Did you know that? God is looking for opportunities to bless you, but he blesses those who bless him. He he is faithful to those who are faithful to him. He's faithful all the time himself, but he shows his faithfulness to those who are faithful to him. If you want the blessings of the Lord, you must cast yourself on him. We have to begin with him being primary. He wants to bless us. Paul writes, what then should we say about these things? If God is for us, Who can be against us, amen? Why do you suppose Paul would say that? Why would God encourage through the Holy Spirit the Apostle Paul to write those words? Because they're true. They're true. If God is for us, who can be against us? You see, sometimes we limit ourselves because we are not trusting in a very, very capable God. We're trusting in the arm of flesh. We're trusting in horses and chariots. We have not cast our cares upon him, and therefore he is not graciously putting all his care towards us because we have not asked of him. We've not inquired of his temple. We haven't gone into the house of the Lord and laid our stuff out and said, Lord, bless me. Do what Jabez did. Bless me, O God. I'm not leaving until you bless me. I'm going to stay right here until you do something in my life unexpected. If God did not spare his own son but offered him up for us all, how will he not in him grant us everything? Church, God wants to bless you. Jesus saying much the same thing in Matthew chapter 7. If you then, being evil, 
of you then being evil. Inside of every one of us is a, is a little bit of flesh, amen? And sometimes that flesh raises up. If you then still having some evil in you, Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask of him? God wants to bless you. Are you asking God as we enter this new year to bless you? Put yourself in a place where God can bless you. God wants to use you. Maybe this year has not been the year when you look back on 2019 and you say, well, I don't know that I did all that much for the Lord. Did you ask him to use you? Did you put yourself in a place where he is likely to use you? For we are his creation, Paul said. If God created us and Jesus, his son, redeemed us, if he paid the price for our lives and intends to take us home to his home, and he's left us here, if God created us for good works, don't you think God wants to use you while you're here? God wants to use you while you're here. He wants to use us as a church, but he wants to use you. We were created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of your birthday. Your first one before you were ever born, so that we should walk in them. God created you for big things. Have you ever thought about that? If God would send his own son into this world to buy you back from your life of sin and wretchedness and then go away to prepare a place for you, if we know that God's created us in Christ Jesus for good works, don't you think God's works are pretty sizable? He doesn't need us to crack pistachios, amen? He, he, do, he doesn't need us to just simply pick up cigarette butts. He needs us to do heavenly things, worthwhile things, things that matter. We're in a world that desperately needs the truth to have a voice, amen? He needs you to bear the light. He needs you to speak forth truth. In love. You see, the truth is, God does want to bless you and God does want to use you, but sometimes we defeat God's good plans. And I know I'm speaking to some in, in the house tonight. You have been defeating God's good plans in your life. And I'm not saying that God still can't work out those things wonderfully. He can. But if you're fighting against him, you're not going to make much headway. You're really not going to get anywhere. You're not going to see those good things that God has planned for you. You're not going to do those good works that God wants to do through you. We defeat ourselves through lack of prayer. I am stunned at how many Christians want to have visions from the Lord, dreams from the Lord, be used of the Lord, but their prayer life consists of, Dear Jesus, thank you for this burger. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Now, hallelujah, he kept you because you're still here. <laughs> but we defeat ourselves because we're not praying. We're not prayerful people. Oh, we come to God running when we need something. Something goes bad, we're help. We all have that prayer down pretty solid. Like, Lord. We can whine to God. But are we truly asking if you desire and do not have? We murder, we covet, we don't obtain, we fight, we war. We have not because we do not ask. Amen? 
You see, a lot of the problems we have are because we're self-defeating, because we haven't asked for help. We're not crying out to God. We need to cry out to God. We need to cry out to God for our country. We need to cry out to God for our world. We need to cry out to God for the lost. We need to say, Lord, we need you to move right here, right now, because we're not going without you. Too often, we're, we're running the clouds over there, the fire's over there, and we're over there because we haven't even asked God where he's going. Sometimes we defeat ourselves because we do not love God the way he loves us, and we do not listen to him. I, I want to carefully take this and just say, brothers and sisters, this is not the time, this is not the place for the children of God to be absent from God. Jesus made it very clear if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. The Lord moves in with people who are obedient and love him. You want to be close to God. You want to see God give you greater things in 2020 than you saw in 2019. Then love him more and listen. Love and listen. We defeat ourselves through lack of vision. We, we run around in doubt. The promises of God are yes and amen. Amen? The promises of God, well, kind of, sort of, maybe. The promises of God are yes and amen to his people. They are most on prominent display when we are most available to God. That's that love and obedience. So when I say yes to his promises and I walk in obedience and love... I have the things that he wants for me. Anybody in here had a, had a life to where you've asked for things you'd thought about a second time, said, man, I hope God doesn't give me what I asked for? Amen? So for us, brothers and sisters, family, look, this is just Jesus' living room. Amen? That's all this is. We're all family. If we will trust the Lord, this is Moses, and said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I'm not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech and slow to tongue. And the Lord kind of chastens Moses. Now, this is a legitimate confession from Moses. But the legitimacy of it is absolutely paling in comparison to the grandeur of the one whom he is speaking to. It was true. He was a mumbler, a bumbler, a stumbler. It was true. He, he couldn't link two words together. But the Lord said to him, Who made your mouth, Moses? A little bit of the Jeff Gill nearly inspired version there. <laughs> or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, the blind? Have not I the Lord? Look, I can use anybody. Moses, will you trust me? And you know the rest of the story. It's like, look, I'm going to send you. I'm going to go with you. Tell him I am that I am sent you. There's not a person in this room who doesn't have the power of the living God if you will trust him. He's promised that to you. I will never leave you or forsake you, says the Lord. Amen? Wherever you go, that's where I'm at. Look, God can use any one of us anytime for any reason. But we can't defeat ourselves. We have to, in that sense, say, God, 
if you can use a bush and light it on fire, if you can use a staff and turn it into a snake, if you can speak through a donkey, amen? Anybody in here in the Donkeys for Jesus Club? I am. The Lord can speak through a donkey and save Balaam's life, not once, not twice, three times. If God can use a braying donkey to accomplish his perfect purposes, I think you won up the donkey, okay? So make sure you're not defeating yourself. I watch a lot of Christians go, I can't do it. I'm not an eloquent speaker. You know, I haven't been to Bible college. To give you a little clue, none of the disciples went to Bible college. (laughs) Not dissing Bible college, you should go if you can go. But it's not a prerequisite of the Lord using your life in a mighty way. D.L. Moody had no degree. He got an honorary doctorate given to him, but he had no earned degrees. One of the greatest theologians of our time. God wants to use you. He wants to bless you. He wants to do great things through you. Don't defeat yourself. What should we do? How do we go about this? What are some of the steps? God sees us. Do we see him? It's good for us to remember how God's worked in our past. Amen? Anybody thankful in here that you are not what you used to be? Amen? Amen? God's worked in the past. Why would he not work in the future? He left us here. Now let me give you a little secret. He didn't leave you here because he hates your guts. He left you here because he loves you and has a plan for your life. And if he left you here and has a plan for your life and he's worked in the past, what do you think he's going to do in the future? He's still at work in this world. You see, so often we just go, well, you know, that was then and this is now. Brothers and sisters, were the Ethiopians, notice what it said, And the Lubim, not a huge army with very many chariots and horsemen, yet because they relied on the Lord, they were delivered into their hand. It's not how big you are, it's how big God is. How big is your God? What shall we do? God sees us, do we see him? We have to pray for that vision and we have to pray with a sense of urgency. Jesus, as he's speaking there in Matthew 9, the story is told that he departed from there and two blind men followed him, crying out, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he'd come into the house, the blind men came into him. And Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said, Well, you know, maybe. No, that isn't what it says. It was hallelujah, yes, Jesus. Amen? Now, why am I saying it that way? Because those men had a sense of urgency about what they were asking of the Lord. They hunted Jesus down. They said, we're not going without an answer. Lord, you've got to speak to us. They said, Yes, Lord. And he touched their eyes and he said something unique. He said, according to your faith, let it be so. They were urgent and they were praying for a one specific thing, for vision. In this case, actual vision. We want to see, Lord. They wanted to see. They asked to be able to to see. Are you asking? And are you doing so with urgency? Commit yourself. 
Too many Christians wonder why their life is kind of on hold when they are uncommitted to the things of Christ. And again, don't be beat up by this. We're starting a new year. Anybody thankful for do-overs? Hallelujah! Our God is a God of do-overs. Whatever last year was, is a was. Amen? It's not an is, it's a was. I love wases, because wases ain't. <laughs> Somebody's going to get this and go, oh, man, I can't believe you use that language in the Bible. <laughs> I don't care. What was isn't anymore. What is is, and what will be will be. Amen? We need to focus on what will be, because we can't change what was. We have to be all in for right now and for what lies ahead. You have to commit yourself. And again, they're in 2 Chronicles, chapter 15. And he went out to meet Asa and said to him, Hear me, Asa, all of Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you are with him. And if you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he'll forsake you. you got to be all in. You can't kind of be with Jesus one day and without the next. That's a recipe for spiritual disaster in your life. That's why Paul reminds us to take heed. Whoever thinks he stands might be careful that he should not fall. We have to be careful, family, about being all in. And could it be, could it be tonight that God actually wants to do a new thing in your life? Could it be that God wants to do a new thing in your life? Now, let me be really careful. It does not diminish in any way, shape, form, or fashion what God's already done. Those things are all still wonderful and great. But could it be that God wants to do a new thing in your life? And I want to focus in on this. Isaiah chapter 43, if you want to mark it or turn there. Verse 18. And I think this is important for us tonight. Do not remember the former things. Why do you suppose the prophet Isaiah, prompted by the Holy Spirit, would say, forget about it. Let it go. Now, we're not actually told whether this is focused on the positive or the negative. I believe the text actually leaves it open for both. Forget about the former things. Forget about the good former things, and especially forget about the bad former things. You see, if we're going to have God do something new, we cannot be anchored to the past. We cannot let the past dictate whether it's good or whether it's bad what is going to happen in the future. Nor consider the things of old. For behold, I will do a new thing. And now it will spring forth. And the picture here is it just pops up. It's not something, well, you've got to work for it. You know, first you're going to get a little time. No, it's, it's going to pop up out of your life. Shall you not know it? And then he says something that we can take with us as we leave tonight. I will make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Amen? Now let's break this down a little bit. How do we get motivated to seek a new vision and a new interest in the things of God? Now I want to tell you a little bit about the situation here that Isaiah is writing in. It's bleak. It's awful. Jerusalem is besieged. They're going into captivity in Babylon. The world's a mess. It was at that time that God says, I want to do a new thing. I want to do a new thing. It looks terrible. Your whole existence looks like a wilderness. But I'm telling you, I'm going to turn your 
wilderness into a garden, and I'm going to make, make that drizzle into a river. Amen? So think about this. with Travel with me a little bit as we entertain this thought. How, how do we get motivated to do that? There's some things in this passage. Forget the former things. Don't dwell in the past, the New Living Translation says. If you're continually looking behind, you will not move forward. If you're continually looking behind, you will not move forward. If you're continually looking behind, you're going nowhere. You ever walked with those people? You ever been someplace like Disneyland with somebody who can't forget about the candied apple stand that's over on, and they're like, they're constantly like. You have to forget about what's behind. Look, it's past. We're not in frontier land anymore. We're going over to tomorrow land, amen? Forget the former things. Don't dwell in the past. If you're ever going to move on to new things in Christ, you have to learn this principle. And I want to break that down a little bit. You can't allow your past to haunt you. And whether it is your past victories, now look, the Jewish people had every reason to sit around and go, oh, we're awesome. <laughs> yeah, did, did you see us when we were like in slavery? Like, we went through the ocean. Now think about it. Think about some of the things that the Jewish people got to see. They're in bondage in Egypt. They send Moses the stutterer, and he's able to affect the escape of the entirety of the Jewish people. You can kind of see them, right? Look, that's the way we are in our lives. Yeah, you know, eight years ago I led this guy to the Lord. He's not currently walking with the Lord, but... I got all the way through half of the Romans road, and he said yes. No, and I'm not mocking you for, for that being your testimony. What I'm saying is, there's some other things God wants you to do. Now, that was good, but he's still got plans for you today and tomorrow. Look, they conquered the land of Canaan. They fought off massive armies that were far better equipped they survived not only the Assyrians, but the Babylonians. They're still here. You, you have to let that stuff go. That's great you had all those victories. It's great you went on that one mission trip. It's great you taught Sunday school. It's great that you're here right now. Praise the Lord. But don't let it die here. Don't rely on those past victories tonight. I want to ask you, what's God doing in your life right now? What are you looking forward to 2020 for God to do? A second thing that you can see easily in this passage, you cannot allow your past failures to possess you. So many Christians are wrapped up in their past. They're hanging on to the garbage that, that's come into their lives. They will not let it go. They almost wear it as a badge of honor. Like the reason I can't do anything for the Lord is I'm so abused. And I'm not mocking. I'm saying don't give the devil the privilege of beating you. Stop it. Tell him he's not welcome to thrash you anymore. That is not who you are. That's not why you were redeemed. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Behold, all things are passing away. Your past is your past, and what lies ahead is what you look forward to. Amen? Look, you, again, let me give you the children of Israel. God gave them this incredible temple. They gave him idol worship. God gave them the truth, the word. They proclaimed and lived lies. 
God gave them commands, and they treated them like they were suggestions. God gave them wealth, they used it to abuse the poor. God gave them himself, and they did nothing but reject him. But God still loves them. Think about it. God still loves the Jewish people. He's still got a plan for their lives. He's still unwilling that any should perish, but that all, he wants everyone to come to repentance. Now I'm thinking, if I give you a temple, I give you the truth, I give you the commands, I give you wealth, I give you my very self and you reject me, it's like, nah, I don't think so. Like, we're out, we're done, see ya. Not God. So if God is willing to go the extra mile for that type of rejection, you're good. Let your past go. If you have not been walking with the Lord, let that be your past history, not your present reality. Notice the message that God gives them. See? I'm doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. Now, it's interesting what he doesn't say. Well, let's rehash the old stuff. Well, let's, let's dredge up the past and see if we can somehow clean it up. Well, let's take the past and we'll see if we can improve upon it. No, God's holding out a hand of hope. He's saying, I don't want to work over the old thing. I want to give you a brand spanking new thing. That's why the prophet Isaiah would go on in chapter 55. And he would say, let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord, for he'll have mercy on him. To our God, for he will freely pardon us. That's your God. Rest in that. That is an Old Testament, 1 John 1.9. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen? He's always been like that. Quit looking behind, start looking ahead. That's the way we begin the year. The children of Israel experienced all kinds of wonderful blessings. They had not used those blessings wisely. And even in spite of that, the psalmist David was able to pull out of the depths of his soul, will you not revive us again, O God? That your people might rejoice in you. Show us mercy, Lord. Grant us your salvation. And we will hear the Lord when he speaks. That, that's a man who knew how to let go of the past and said, look, I'm, I'm a, look, if you look up train wreck in the dictionary, it says, see David. Amen? Think about his life. Look at who David was. I mean, the dude was a train wreck. It's like, God's going this way. I'm going to go that way. You, you could boil his whole life down to 15 minutes of fame. The rest of it was chaos. But he had a heart after God's heart. Amen? That's your God. He wants to do a new thing in you. Do you want him to do a new thing in you becomes the question. That's the question. So you have to clarify your focus. I'm going to ask the communion team at this time to begin to hand out the elements of communion. Uh, if you're new to the church and you've not been here as we celebrate the Lord's Supper in a group setting like this. This is the Lord's Supper. We're celebrating his broken body and his shed blood. For we who love the Lord, this is a solemn occasion where we recognize the price of our salvation. When we honor the Lord for the sacrifice he made of his own life on Calvary's cross in my place. And so if you're here and you're uncomfortable partaking of communion, you're under no obligation, simply allow the trays to pass you by. If you're here and you don't know the Lord personally, 
If you've not invited Jesus Christ into your life, if he is not your personal Lord and personal Savior, if you've not believed on his name, the Bible clearly says, if you will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be saved. That he is God's one and only son. That he came to this earth and lived a perfect life. He died on Calvary's cross. He paid the price for your sin. And by believing in him, you're asking God to give you eternal life. And that eternal life is not only eternal life for later, it's eternal life right here and right now because you are fully redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. But you have to invite him in. And so you could ask and invite the Lord right now by simply praying, Lord Jesus, I give my life to you. I forsake my sin. Save my soul and say thank you because his word says, if you do that, you're saved. But again, if not, please don't defame the Lord's name by partaking of communion without knowing him personally. As you hold the bread in your hand, you'll be followed with the cup. We're gonna hold both and we'll partake together towards the end. Family, we have to clarify our focus. We're so caught up. We need to recognize that dead things should not be in our life. Dead things have to go. And that means we have to repent of our sin. And so before we partake of communion, we're going to take a few moments to just offer a time or if there's something you've been harboring in 2019 that has no business in 2020, that you can leave it in 2019. Because God wants to start with a clean slate. He wants to take your life moving forward and use it for his glory. And one of the ways you can know that you have something in your life that God's asking you to get rid of that you are, in fact, caught up in those old dead things is you typically only see problems. You don't see possibilities. You, you often find yourself not trusting God and instead distrusting God. Very often, if there's something between you and God, you will default that God is actually angry at you or in fact even he might not be truly good or worse yet that he's bad. You, you can know that there's something there that you need to give to the Lord and I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to many of you right now. There are things that have been keeping you from having very clear vision about what God wants. And your soul has been afflicted. There's something in your life. It may be some habit, some sin. It may be an attitude. It may be bitterness or anger. But God is a God of the impossible. And if you can't relinquish yourself to think of him that way, then you are stuck doing your own thing. Because God wants to be the God of the impossible to you tonight. He's saying to you, leave that in 2019. You get an opportunity to wake up tomorrow with a whole year's worth of seconds ahead of you. What are you going to do with them? Are you going to spend any of them worrying about the past? Dwelling on the junk that doesn't belong in your life anyway? Notice what God said. I am making a way in the desert. I'm making a way in the desert. Might be the desert of your mind. It might be the desert of your living. It might be the desert of your prayer life. Maybe it's the desert of your Bible study. Maybe it's the desert of your job or your marriage. Maybe it's the desert of your family life. 
God is speaking to you right now and he's telling you, I want to make a way in your desert. I want to give you a path. Many of you that have driven north on the the 14 or the 395 know that a pretty good chunk of the eastern side of the state of California is desert, amen? Can you imagine when John C. Fremont came from Colorado and reached the Mojave Desert and looked across all that? There were no gas stations. There were no roads. There was no 20 mule team parkway. There were no watering stations for his horses. There was nothing but desert. And God made a way in the desert. They crossed at the time a path that was about 220 miles through some of the most inhospitable terrain on planet Earth. And he credits his relationship with the Lord in his own biography. He said, we just rested and trusted in God. And seemingly every time we were about to die, another spring sprung up. Now I ask you a simple question. Are are you looking for the way that God is paving through your desert? Because that's what your vision is going to look like in a practical sense. It isn't necessarily all going to be gardens. Amen? But there is a way in the desert. There's a spring when you need it. And it'll be fresh water. Are you looking for that stream in the wasteland? The children of Israel had a choice. They could go back to Egypt. They could go back to their problemed life. They could lean into the old ways. Or they could trust God for what he wanted to do and it would be totally new. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. I don't think any of them were thinking, wow, I hope I can stay here and be beaten to death tomorrow. So it's not like when they were in Egypt, they were all going, yay. But isn't it strange when things get going tough, how we can look back at the old life and go, Man, I sure wish I could be beaten half to death. Because we don't see it that way, do we? We long for those old things and we don't even remember how bad they were. The Lord is doing a new thing in your lives tonight, church. He's making a way in your desert and he's asking you to not go back to Egypt. Ever. Not ever again. And for some of you, That's going to be hard because you're going to need to get out of some relationships that you're in right now. For some of you, it's going to be really difficult. You've got some sin habits that the Lord has already told you need to go, but you've been clinging to those sin habits and you continue in them to this day. And they need to go. You've been wandering back to Egypt every other day. And he wants to do a new thing in your life tonight. But he will not let you continue to go back to Egypt without dire consequences. He loves you too much for that. God wanted to do a new thing in their lives and he wants to do a new thing in your life tonight. How is that going to happen? First, you have to see God. And he has to see you. And you have to see him the way he sees you. See, he doesn't see you in all that sin. He sees you as a precious child. He hates the sin, but he really loves you. God loves you. That's why there's that little prick in your spirit to start something new in your life this year. To some degree, I think Israel probably felt like they were getting what they deserved as they were wandering in the desert. It's like, we deserve this. And it's true, we probably all deserve to go wander in the desert. But that's not our God. He wants to bring you out of the desert and he wants to give you new life tonight. 
by the time they'd wandered around the desert for a long time, uh, I'm sure they began to see mirages everywhere. It's like, man, that looks a whole lot like the pots of meat we used to have in Egypt. I'm sure after they drank out of a few pools of water that were in the rocks, they, they probably thought, man, it'd sure be nice to have a fresh flowing river. But there wasn't one in all of the wilderness of sin, not one flowing river anywhere. God wants to do a new thing. There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Jesus Christ, the law of the spirit of life has set us free from the law of sin and death. Amen? We're free people. We don't belong in bondage. Just as Paul wrote to the church at Colossae, and you who were alienated, enemies in your mind by the wicked works, he is now reconciled in his own body. God loves you. And he wants to do a new thing in you tonight. Will you let him? Why are you here tonight? If not to let God do a new thing. Why are you here? Isaiah said, I'm making a way in the desert. And Jesus looked at the disciples and said to them, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. God wants to do a new thing. He wants to give you a new vision for the new year. He wants to transform your desert areas. He wants to bring you into fields of abundance and blessing. He wants to take those dried up useless things of your life and transform them into a garden of God. But you have to put yourself in a place where he's able to do it. And that requires that we do business right now and forget what was behind. Don't let it hold you back anymore. We're going to take a few moments a time of personal reflection and prayer. Uh, and I'll close. And we'll begin to thank the Lord for his broken body and his shed blood. But this is a time for you to take whatever it is, whatever has been your desert area, whatever has been your defeat area, whatever has been the devil's dastardly disease in your life, and leave it in 2019. Let's pray together. before we come to your table I want to pray for those tonight who are struggling in their marriages Lord it seems like every day is a battle Lord there are some in this room tonight that are even thinking about leaving their spouse and God would you please by the power of your spirit right now convict and convict convince of the, of the sin Lord that needs to be forsaken Lord help them to love one another as you have loved them. I pray for those that are in relationships and those relationships have gone too far and Lord, there is no marriage. I pray that you'd set them free from the bondage of self, pleasure. For those that are struggling with drugs tonight, Lord, they're addicted to medications. Lord, they don't know what to do. Lord, we're asking you to do a miracle. But 
doctors might say is impossible, we ask you to do because you're the God of the impossible. Lord, set people free tonight. Lord, those that are struggling with alcohol, Lord, the same prayer is effective and fervent. It comes from a, a heart, Lord, to change. And so we ask, God, that you would be gracious unto those that are struggling. Lord, for those that are dabbling in pornography, Lord, their, their, their minds have been racked with images they shouldn't have ever seen. Would you cleanse their minds? Cause them to be available for a new thing. Lord, for those that are racked with greed and materialism, Lord, their God really is mammon. Lord, help us to realize that all good and perfect gifts come from our Father of lights. Lord, you gave us everything that we might be used for your purposes, and so set us free from thinking about those things in a way that makes those things above you. And Father, we thank you that you are willing to do all that we ask and you can do more than we can ask or think. And so, Lord, for those that lack boldness or lack faith tonight, strengthen their faith. Give them boldness. Give us purpose and meaning in our lives. Lord, we no longer want to look back, but if we gaze over our shoulders, let us see your love. Lord, in our present, would we love others as you love us? And for our future, God, would we be so in love with you that it causes us to be in love with the rest of the world. Lord, to give our lives a ransom for it as you did for ours. Lord, we bless you for what you're going to do in this new year. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And Jesus said... After supper, he was looking at the loaf of bread and he took it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. And as often as you do it, as often as you eat of it, as often as you take of it, do so in remembrance of me. Why? Because your body doesn't need to be broken for your sin. Christ was broken for you. His body was beaten so your body would not have to be beaten. The stripes that he took healed you if you'll believe in him. And so Jesus took the bread and broke it. And he said, take and eat. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's partake of the bread together. In the same manner, also after supper, he took the cup, cup of praise, redemption. He said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood, which is set, shed for the remission of sin. And as often as you drink from it, do so in remembrance of me. Let's partake of the cup. Lord Jesus, What can wash away my sin? Nothing but your blood. What can make us whole again, Lord? Nothing but your blood. Oh, precious is that flow that's made us white as snow. Father, we thank you for sending your own son into this wretched world to die on Calvary's cross and for you raising him three days later 
being the firstborn. Lord, the first of the one whom we will one day be like. Lord, when we leave our earthly tents behind. When we go to that mansion Jesus spoke of there in John 14. That you've been preparing for some 2,000 years now. Lord, help us to leave the past behind. Lord, help us to let you make a path in our desert and to be a river in our dry places. Give us vision for 2020. We ask all this in the precious name of our Savior, the one true King, the Mighty One, the Lord of heaven and earth, our Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen.